The Startup to Scale-Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. I'm delighted to welcome as today's guest, Pierre Linmark, founding CEO at uh, WinningTemp, who are one of Europe's fastest growing B2B SaaS scale-ups. They've expanded from just a couple of employees to around 80 in the past three years, and they also doubled their revenue in 2020. Pierre, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Gary. Nice, nice to be here. How did Winning Temp's founding team come together and what problems did you initially set out to solve? It's actually a, a background with, with another company that I founded called Foxshare in, in 2008, a learning management system where it was possible to, to create this learning content and track experience and you know, analytics and engagement data. So some years later, um, after founding this company, I talked to a customer and I was thinking about the challenge of using training data and uh, following that data. And also, of course, working with sales, marketing and so on. But you didn't look into the perspective of the whole organizational development, the employee experience, that kind of data in, in real time. So at that time, and I think especially also today, you use this uh, old method of using annual surveys uh, takes a long time to get into the results. And before you get the results, the, your organization is going to change maybe three times. So uh, I called uh, my old friend, Matthias. I had this idea that you could basically look into employee experience, the same thing that I did with uh, learning data. And um, I got to learn from him or get to know him from the university. So I presented this idea and we started the business in August 2014. Now, Winning Temp is actually your third startup. So what are some of the major lessons you've learned along the way? And, and what are you perhaps doing differently this time around? Three different startups. And I think in my first startup, I, I joined this uh, company as employee number three. And um, what I really learned was that coming into a startup environment was a very creative environment. And, uh, but feeling on, on my first adventure, I would say, it was a big problem, I think, in the organization. And that was that there was basically no sales focus. So everyone was work, working on building a product. Uh, myself, I was a technical person. So I was also in the team, of course, and doing marketing and, and all the things you should I think you should do, but not so much hardcore selling. So I think this company received funding some years after, and uh, it was also bankrupt in a couple of years. Wow! So actually, that's that's my my lesson that it's hard to build build a business at the beginning. And when I later start my first own company, Foxshare, that learning management system, I I had actually the the luck to have a very experienced serial entrepreneur by my side. We started with sell from day one, and uh, I had never made a cold call, but I was doing that regularly in, in the first year, and I, I actually really hated it, but then I started <laughs> to like it. So uh, I, I thought it was just a growth mindset to train yourself to do something, and then you start to enjoy that. That's where I realized that that hard work, that focus, discipline to build a business is all about sales. So I think that's the most important thing, and, and uh, when I started Winnie Temp, I started 
also selling from day one, had just a PowerPoint idea and went out to talk to, to prospects, talk to, to investors. And uh, later on, when uh, six months later, we, we got our first two customers that, that saw this just a PowerPoint idea and, and wanted to build this product. And Matthias, my, my co-founder, also joined the company. And I think I was doing the same to him. I, I was telling him to, we, as, as my, my previous co-founder said to me, we should not build the product. We should be out trying to sell this. Of course, we have to do both of them, but focus more on, on selling. So that's my, my major lessons learned being in three different companies that you should create the mentality of, of selling. So everyone in the organization is selling. And even now, I think when the previous fundraising, when we had a series A, I was still selling on, on the day, you know, that we closed this deal and, and doing a lot of the deal in the company. I think I made most deals, but it also gives that mentality to, to the organization that selling is so important and it creates very strong culture of uh, results together also. And when you use the phrase, everybody in the organization should be selling. So in a way, do you even look for an element of sales orientation and sales mentality, even in the more technical hires? Yeah, because selling is, is, is not only by being in the company and going out and, and you know, and knock on the door and say, look at this product. It's, it's about having that mentality that when you meet your friend or when you read the newspaper or something like that, you get an idea and think, maybe I should do something about this, contact this, or you could contact the sales persons in the organization or customer success or the person. But I think it's what you see when you, you get that mentality in the, the company that everyone is thinking about selling. So they are thinking, but there's an opportunity here. Maybe that's something I can connect someone. So I think that's, that's so important that it comes top down and it brings everyone. So even if like me and Matthias, the co-founders, we are two technical founders. And as I mentioned, I had never before been trying to sell, but, but if you go, if you really are uh, focused, like you said, on even the technical department would try to sell. You're scaling so rapidly and that rapid scaling must itself result in certain challenges for the team, for the organization. So how have you evolved your organization in terms of structure and maybe even in terms of the type of people you're hiring during the past 12 months? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the organization also gets to change, I think, from 40, 40 employees. And uh, you get that family feeling. You sit next to each other in, in a quite small room and then you, you grow and, and quite, quite fast. So I usually call the, you know, the first stage of the people you have and the structure you need in the organization is more people with this gladiator skill. I don't know if you heard about that, but it's, it's more that, you know, the fighter people that can do anything. They can find solutions to every given problem. The gladiators, they, they, they can, you know, fight with a sword, <laughs> an axe or, or a spear. And then you grow and, and you're going to mix more people that I call more soldiers. It's, it's more persons with specialization. They are following orders setting structures and processes and so on. So the organization needs to transform to, to be able to scale. And I think also the, the, the stage you're going through from 40 up to like now doubling, like you said, to, to about 80 persons is also that some of the people that was enjoying the startup process to be in everything, they need more laser focus. So that's, that's what's happening now. It's that you you're going from maybe that sword to a machine gun, but now it's more like a sniper rifle where you focus on the, the target. 
And, and did, that also needs to put up that setup in the company. So that's the big change, I would say. And that it goes really, really fast. So what are the implications for some of those early gladiators you hired? Does that mean that you have to convert them? They need to evolve into being snipers and professional soldiers? Or do some of them simply have to move on and join another organization because they can't adapt? Sometimes it's like that because if you if you set the strategy and you're clear what this is what we need to focus on, I I, I usually use the word laser focus almost ten thousand times when I speak because <laughs> uh, you you need to have them everyone thinking and you know also the the kind of values and things you are using in the startup and then coming up to a scaling mode also needs to be adjusted. So some people they they don't enjoy uh, being more specialized, saying okay you should use a like I said a more focused on doing this. But I think what you can do is also look more about the strengths that different people have, because they are having a lot of strengths and and sometimes it it, it doesn't work. And and I think many times it's just uh, finding um, that drive and in the motivation that you need to recheck because you haven't maybe talked about that so much. Indeed. Now, when we last spoke, you mentioned that you've been working with every single employee on a weekly reflection of their strengths, their dreams, and their personal vision. I'm fascinated to hear more about this idea. It's actually every week that I had onboarding because uh, I think before Christmas this new year, I had every week, I had uh, new people coming on board between five to eight persons. And I think also about your question, how the organization is changing is also that you you don't get connected that much as that family feeling before when you had just one office and small. So I think it's very important that you try to understand what is really their their passion and their inner motivation. Of course, you do that in the recruitment process. But for me as a CEO, it also gets me to understand this is the, the coming talents into your company. So if you understand them and you learn from them and you also get people in a group to talk about this, I think it creates a very, very strong understanding to each other, but also commitment. So you, you remember people's dreams, you remember their strengths and so on. But if you just have, you know, basic basic talking with people and saying, okay, let's give a five minutes presentation of you. I think that's not giving you that feeling that you want and that culture in the company. And this this idea, do you know how you came up with this idea? Had you read about it? Have you used it or experienced it in other organizations? Also, with what we're doing is using a vision board. And I think that's uh, very much what I I heard other ones and studied, uh, you know, read about the vision board. I think it's very good not only to do that once a year. So when you start in January, you're looking at your vision board. I think it's always good to have a vision board where you look in what is my strengths? What should I prioritize to, to improve? And what is really my, my passion and what, what I'm building my goals around this? And I think it's, it's it's a very very good way to understand people because if if, if you're a manager or if you're a, a person who's working in a team, that also is very good to to follow. And if you are like we are a very strong growing company, you really need to have everyone having this focus on what is really my strengths, what what can I do, and like I said, when you we're also growing, you see which talents. So I think also it's very important to I think map the different talents in your organization. We did this actually an idea from from the board, one of this to to map the talents. So even if you're the CEO of the company, you know your talents in your organization. It's very, very important. 
and walk me through your talents. I don't mean you as a person, but winning temps, talents, your major strengths, your differentiators. Why is your solution so popular? And also, how has COVID impacted on uh, on demand? Yeah, so 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 winning temp is a is a platform that that helps organizations to reduce sick leave and employee turnover. So we basically have this two return of investment. We're we're tracking employee turnover and and sick leave. But using this and and making the differentiation between other products is that we are uh, mainly based on uh, science based. So we did this together with Gothenburg University in Sweden, and they they looked at six hundred different. Researchers, so they didn't do the studies, but they looked on 600 different studies, and then we built the product with this, and we're using artificial intelligence and using machine learning to understand understand behaviors of the organization. So when you're collecting a lot of data about about this, is science based, and it gives the organizations insights and actions to to improve, and that's what really in the end makes uh, these uh, um, results of of employee turnover and uh, uh, sickly, and I think that also what what makes us unique, uh, except the product, is of course the, the the people that we have that built that built this product and uh, this organization, and uh, it's it's very much about be ahead, and I think also when you saw the the effect in in middle of March with the corona coming in, we were really really ahead of of a game. We saw that I think if it was in the late April or May. The increase of our product was 300%. So we did have a vision from start to to work more on you know the productivity, what happens from a daily basis in in the employee experience. That's been a really a strength that we've been far ahead from from the competitors from day one with our vision and stayed actually to the vision. So we haven't uh, changed it since start. So in a way, COVID has has acted as a as a tailwind for you and as as actually boosted your revenues not not that anyone would would have wished this pandemic on society on the world but you're one of the you know small number of companies that's got a, an offering that somehow benefits from the the shakeup that covid has introduced on society and on organizations yeah exactly i think we were forced with the digitalization coming to i think the speed of 3 maybe and the things that we predicted to come within 5 years was now coming much much faster so for an example we saw that this feature we have in our product working with uh, goal setting okrs follow ups agile uh, follow ups and uh, training and so on that was going to speed up a lot with with that and I think also the, the the change for many organizations out there was that they started using different tools. We were talking before on Zoom or, or Teams, but then you came to how, how are we going to have our uh, daily meetings and, and the productivity things that we need to do? So I think the productivity thing is, is now very much increasing. So, so in the beginning, we thought, well, you need to check in and see how is people feeling right now? But we were wrong. It was, of course, you're doing that much, much more, but it's more about how do I talk to people and how do I think about what I should say on the meeting and using more of the empathic skills as leaders to, to ask, how are you? And instead of how's it going and so on. I think these kind of tips and advice was also in a product that we could help giving insights and advice to what should you 
basically talk about when you have your meetings. And this was uh, really speeding up. That's a very subtle point. What is the difference in the impact of how are you and how are you feeling and how's it going? These different ways of asking a somewhat similar question. Just walk me through that. Why is the slight variation wording so impactful? Of course, there are many companies out there who, who have been working remotely for, for a while, but I think that those companies who had uh, daily meetings, when you meet at the office, you you come to the coffee coffee machine and, and you say, uh, so how, how's it going? Uh, how's, how, how was the, the weekend or so on? How's it with your children or something? You make that more personal when you when you see each other face to face. But when, when you started to use more these uh, remotely web meetings, you were more direct and say, okay, I have, I have this meeting. I have to go through. So you were more asking, okay, oh, okay. How's it going? Okay, great. Let's, let's get to the agenda and go through. That's a different that, that you, you start to forget that uh, sometimes it even increases the number of meetings you're having every day, but you're not walking in and meeting people in the, in the room or so on. So I think that that's something that we saw very, very clear that you needed more of that empathic and emotional things that you were forgetting in front of the, the computer screen. So I think that's also that we saw that work satisfaction, for example, was was really decreasing quite, quite fast. And people didn't feel that full of energy or motivation. So you tried, tried to find another way to, to inspire and motivate people, but also talk more about those, I think, soft, soft factors much more. Sure. You talked about vision boards a few minutes ago. So what's your vision for Winning Temp? How do you see the business evolving? How do you want the business to evolve over the next three to four years? Yeah, so, so about our vision, it's, it's to forever change how people succeed forever. And, and also with Winning Temp being uh, the science behind successful organization. So for me and my, my co-founder also, when we started that. Uh, sometimes people wonder about the, the name, winning winning temperature or winning temp. Uh, and it's all about winning because we believe that both as, as a person and both the mentality you have to have is, is to be the best company out there. Uh, if it's our company, we want to win uh, or the company who's using winning temp is going to be the one who's winning. That's what we ambition we have with the company is just to be the best solution out there and to take take that uh, market window before it's it's too late because you can see the market also now it's been going from i think engagement from 2019 and now it's it's also a big shift that you come coming more to productivity and, and th- those things and i think that's where we had our vision from day day one so keep keep doing what we are really good at so it's all about winning okay love it now Final question from from me. Who or what inspired you to be who you are? That's a great question. I think uh, for me, I was always very much inspired by by sports. And I think uh, building a business now, being in different companies, startups and scale-ups, I think, uh, and I was also talking about this winning. I think the same thing, you know, winning games or fights, it's the same. You, You really need a good strategy and then do the best. And I think you need a very, very strong uh, teamwork, team spirit, and, and every every team player needs to be needs to be there where it should be. So everyone should rely on everyone to to win and do that hard work. And, and it's not only by the, the single achievement, but it's it's 
it's how you really, if I, if I relate to sports, it's every pass, it's every corner, it's everything you do to make, make you score and make the team score. So if I would take some inspiration, it's a long, long answer, but I would say there are one person because I, I used to play tennis when I was younger. So on an individual level, it's, uh, I was really much inspired by Roger Federer because I think it's, it's a very balanced in his skill. He's really good at a backhand or forehand or if it's a top spin or smash, he can do everything. And he's, he's really a tactical player. So he's always, he's always ahead in the game in how he plays. And I think that's the same thing that I think when you, you're building a business that you need to be ahead of the game and use many, many different uh, skills that the people that you, that you have. Actually, also, if you take on a team level, I, I used this example just a week ago when I talked to the company. Recently, also found out more about the, the team, a women's team in, in football, the team of Lyon. And they won um, Champions League, I think it was seven times, and also the French team, French League, I mean, uh, seven times. And what makes them unique is that they, they don't take in only the superstars into the team, but they, they try to find raw talent and, and people with the right mindset. So I think they, that's that's really something that inspires me because they think about how to train really, really hard and um, being at the best at every training or every every game. And like I said, every pass, every corner. And I, I know there's a lot of other, <laughs> of course, great football teams that to be inspired by. I think Juventus also, I watched this um, documentary on Netflix and I, I think they have also the same mindset. But that's that really inspired me, the sports, I think. It's really, really inspiring. Wonderful. Well, I, I love your uh, anecdotes from the world of sport and the world of, um, of gladiators. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your journey from a, a family of gladiators to a squadron <laughs> of well-drilled soldiers. And uh, I look forward to hearing more of the coming years about uh, Winning Temp's winning story. Thank you very much, Gary. Nice to be, be on your podcast. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. Head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high-impact senior talent. <laughs>